Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this episode of The Riley and Kimmy Show. Right next to me is our elf. Kimmy. Hi, I am your host, Patrick Riley. They said his face was meant for radio. They said that he'd look good on radio. And everybody told him where to go. Oh, people tell me where to go all the time. By the way, you can see that my face is uh, perfect for radio. Coming up real soon, we're going to be out and about at quite a few locations. Matter of fact, uh, a matter of fact of ours, we're going to be celebrating the uh, holidays somewhere. I'll have more information on that on our next episode. Plus, on our social media sites, that's where I'll post it first or make it revealed first. I will say this much. We will be uh, celebrating the holidays with uh, Orlando Toy and Comic-Con in one way or another. More information is uh, um, to follow. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Right, Kimmy? That's right. Now, let's uh, let's be honest with on something here. Kimmy is under the weather. Kimmy caught some kind of a uh, holiday bug, right? Mm-hmm. But she is a trooper. She said, hey, the show must go on because the Riley and Kimmy show is a daily show. That's right. We don't do this just once in a while when we feel like it or once a week or even once in a blue moon. No, we do this every single day, a brand new podcast, brand new episode, all nerdum all the time, and it's available right here. So when somebody is sick and they, uh, you know, I would give you, you know, you could, I could have called in. It's just a little bit of a scratchy throat. I won't sneeze on you. Well, you kind of sound, you know what? I won't breathe on you. Can you do a a line maybe from the movie The Force Awakens? You kind of sound a little bit like Carrie Fisher there. Like oh, Prince, you sound, funny. You sound like General General Leia there a little bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> I sound like an 80-year-old woman who's been oh, drinking all her life. She is not 80 Thank years you. old. Will you stop I it? know she's not. She's that's, not. The, that's the sad oh, thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop. Stop. We're not going down that path with no, you. No, no, no. Behave, because one of our very good friends is about to see this movie for the very first time this weekend, and we do not want to spoil it for our good friend Mike Kales. No. Do we? No. Now, he does not want to hear Kimmy bashing anything there with that. The movie's good for him, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Just, He'll like it. I'm sure he will. Okay? So you behave there. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, there is absolutely nothing wrong. I like wrong. parts of it. Uh, what when the the end credits roll? No, I, I like more than that. <laughs> well, yeah, I I agree with you, but we're not going to go down the path. Our Mm-mm. reviews are available of uh, the movie, which I wasn't planning on talking about, right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Also, a very uh, interesting review by one Ed Tucker in Jacksonville, Florida, who I consider a connoisseur of movies. He goes all the way back to old school silent movie era uh, type films, and he gives his take. 
uh, on Star Wars, and let, I'm going to say watch out because he is part of the old republic, and I don't mean that as an insult because when I say he's part of the old republic, that means he's an individual who was on planet Earth and sat in a movie theater and saw the original trilogies when they were first played in the films. He didn't watch them on TV years later, mm-hmm. on VHS or beta. I think some of them came out on beta. And or DVD Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. He he saw them firsthand right in a the movie theater. So he is part of the old guard, the old republic. And we have his review available right on our website, which is RileyandKimmy.com. It's, oh, wait. Oh, somebody it is. Hand. It is. It is funny how personal some people take it. It's just a movie. Yeah, that's that's another thing, too. And some are over in-depth analyzing. If you don't like it, then, you know, well, whatever. And it's like, oh, my. Well, it's just a movie. And yes. I just have an opinion. It, and, I didn't hate it. It's and, just, you know. And peer pressure will not make me like a film. Right. I won't just join a film. That's all. And I will state this, where we were on, on location over the past weekend for the Star Wars uh we went to two locations. The first was Thursday night where we saw it when it debuted in Florida. Uh, then we saw it, you know, Friday and Saturday. We were attending where it was being shown at a different location. And I think the bulk of the people I saw those two times, well, all three times actually, were those, a lot of them, the, yes, there were the nerds, the, the hardcore Star, Star Wars fans, but a lot were there because it was the thing to do. Uh-huh. You know, it was the event to be at. Right. And, oh boy, and since it's the event to be at, you can't, have a bad feeling about that event you have to be positive even with the, whatever the experience was mm-hmm. so you got to take a look at it that a little bit so we're, I, mean, I didn't mean to be talking about star wars on this thing that much mm-hmm. i'm sure we're not hurting jj's uh feelings i'm i'm sure oh, he's no. not listening no, I'm, so I'm, I'm it's okay yeah, it, it's okay to not love it that's kimmy just let it go <laughs> anyhow <laughs> I, I, i'm gonna point out this one thing there um Miss Fisher, because you do kind of sound like her. Uh, you're going to be in heavy in Star Wars Eight, Episode Eight. Your oh, role, your don't role, tell me that. Yes, your role is going to be a lot bigger, according to oh, sources. No, no, oh no, 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 no. Yes, isn't that great? No, 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 uh, no, no. Oh, Kimmy's so happy. Can you no. tell? No, Kimmy, behave now. We weren't going to be talking about this that much. We're going to be talking about that at all that much. Anyhow, um, go right to our website at RileyandKimmy.com to find out more on those reviews that we do have. And by the way, I look forward to Mike uh, giving us a review of his experience at Star Wars, Mm -hmm. The Force Awakens. And by the way, when you uh, go to our website at RileyandKimmy.com, check out our brand new, new and improved website. Ever heard of a little thing called the Internet? That's right. The Internet is where you could find that. And that is at RileyandKimmy.com. Kimmy, uh, how are things going for you? Okay. Well, that's good. You're holding up, right? You're all I'm right. still alive. You, you know what you, you are, but you know what you kind of sound, you sound like Carrie Fisher a little bit there, or sort of like the princess from the latest movie, or general, but you also kind of remind me of a, a zombie. You kind of got that zombie thing going a little bit. You kind of got that Walking Dead thing going. Wow, Kimmy's perfect. She can be a walker. Look out. That's right. You're going to give a run for the money to a walker that we know who's going to be appearing in Central Florida just around the corner. Yes, he's going to be nearby to the Riley and Kimmy Show studios. And if you haven't changed your condition, Kimmy, you and he will be able to talk about being a zombie. And that is actor Michael Monday will be at Nerdtropolis Comics in Ormond Beach, Florida. Mike Mundy. Yes. It's Michael. 
Yes. Also goes by Michael. Uh huh. Goes by Michael on his official Facebook acting page. Very nice person. Extremely nice, just because he plays a very disgusting, repulsive looking zombie from time to time. He's extremely nice. Yes. And he will talk your ears off. <laughs> oh. As long as he doesn't bite my ears off. You know what is so funny about that? I, I, I'm i glad you mentioned that. A very good friend to the Riley and Kimmy show is the lead singer to Outdated Slang. Now, Outdated Slang provided the jingle that you hear open our show. And the lead singer, Katie Roberts, was with us at Spooky Empire event for Halloween. Matter of fact, she was there for the whole duration of the Halloween thing. Well, so was a zombie. That's right. That's where we met Mike Monday. And we were by artist Chris King's uh, table. He had, by the way, this giant portrait. I don't know how tall that thing was. It was over six feet tall, correct? Uh-huh. Of Mike Mundy, a zombie from The Walking Dead. And we were by the table, and Katie and I were talking, and you were there, Kimmy, as well. And Mike comes up behind her and goes into classic zombie pose and does that kind of like vampire thing you know the zombie thing getting ready to take a chomp and goes right down to bite her in the neck and she just about lost it right there on the floor of spooky empire and i regret i was not running video at that moment i know i was like that would have been so cool uh-huh i man, it wasn't great yeah anyhow that was our first experience meeting well that actually met him i think before that event but that experience but uh you know, it was a very fun time with Mike. He has a, a good sense of humor and just plenty of stories to tell. Mm-hmm. So if you love The Walking Dead, you will want to meet actor Mike Monday at Nerdtropolis Comics located at 1459 North U.S. Highway 1 in Ormond Beach, Florida. Now, you might say, where on earth is that? Where is Ormond Beach, Florida? For those who are at least familiar with Florida... Maybe perhaps you're coming down for the holidays, you're staying a little bit late, or maybe you're waiting till after the holidays come down, and you'll be here during this time period. It's very easy to find because it's it's a suburb of Daytona Beach, correct? It's just north of Daytona Beach. Yeah, it's and it's quite a bit south of Jacksonville. But it quite is, a bit. Yeah, but it's in between, you know, if you're going between Jacksonville and Daytona Beach, it's you, you will pass it. Uh-huh. It's on, if, if you miss Daytona and Holly Hill, you'll be into Ormond Beach. Very quickly. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very easy to find. Now, it's right off I-95. Now, we're going to take a little uh, virtual tour here, try to give you in your mind. If you're coming from Orlando or maybe down from, let's say, oh, Melbourne area on 95. From Orlando, you hit I-4, you know, on I-4 and you go over to I-95 and I-95, you do that right at the Daytona Beach Metro and then you head north a little bit for about five minutes and then you're there. US-1. Correct, mm-hmm. Kimmy? And mm-hmm. very easy to find. Uh, when you take that exit to US-1, you will want to go left. That will take you towards where Neurotropolis is. It's very nearby. If you go right, you go to a truck stop and you went the wrong way. Uh-huh. So it's easy to find. Yes. The GPS will work, which is good news for one of the individuals who is appearing with Mike Monday at Neurotropolis Comics, and that is artist Humphrey Ching from the Lounge Designs by Hump. Yes, Hump is poor with... With directions in Florida. He's lived here for a long time, yet he doesn't venture very far out of Orlando. Right. And, I mean, he doesn't know towns like 15 miles away from Orlando. Mm -hmm. He really doesn't. I'm not bashing him. He's my brother. Uh But but he gets a little lost. But he will not get lost to this, will he, Kimmy? No. 
No, not at all. Now, Humphrey will be on hand during this fun event, which starts at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning, which is January 9th. Humphrey will be there with Prince. I am hoping, I have my fingers crossed, that he has that brand new Joker print, or actually Joker Harley print that he's he's been featuring on his Facebook page. I hope he will have it with him. That is the the last we heard from Hump. That was what he said he was going to do. Hmm. And then the talented, extraordinary, I mean, just extraordinary talented individual, Chris Butler, artist, illustrator, will be on hand as well with Prince. I'm not going to speak on his behalf. Possibility he'll be sketching too. And he'll be there from 10 until 2 as well. And we are there as well. The Riley and Kimmy Show will be recording an episode, so don't be shy. Talk nerd with us. We'd love to talk to you. And we do have some giveaways on hand. Now, what we will have is free pairs of tickets to the Deland Comic and Collectible Show, which is happening January 10th at the Volusia County Fairgrounds. Over 120-plus tables of pop culture and cool stuff. Plenty of guests there. A lot of fun. One of the cool things about that event, the Deland uh, Comic and Collectible Show, is plenty of toys. Huh? A toy? As I suspected. Yes, plenty of vintage and classic toys will be found there at the Deland Comic and Collectible Show. The Volusia County Fairgrounds will have tickets for that. And also, we will have tickets for a comic book show. As you know, I'm quite keen on comic books. Especially the ones about superheroes. Yes, a big comic book show which is happening in Orlando. The Orlando Toy and Comic Con, which will be on, let's see, the last Sunday of January... Did I say Saturday? I think I did. I think you said Sunday. Okay, the last Sunday of January. I, you know, my brain is sometimes. You're asking me. Yeah, yeah. That's right. You're sick. Anyway, it's January 31st, a Sunday at the Holiday Inn, right by Universal Studios on Kirkman Road. Starts at 10, runs till five. Over 100 vendors, free parking, costume contest, artist alley. Just get this: who's going to be in the artist alley? Now, this is not 100%. There could be an addition or two. I know something's being worked on that I can't reveal yet. When Mike from the Orlando Toy and Comic-Con says I can say it, I will, or I'll have him on the show and he'll reveal it. Anyhow, Tony S. Daniel will be there. That is a, a headliner. Beautiful work he does. We're lucky we have one of his uh, Joker sketches that he did for us right in our studio. Long time, Well, not that long ago, but uh some uh, some days ago months ago right maybe mm-hmm. a year ago i can't remember how long ago anyhow tony is a great person to meet you will love talking to him and beautiful art you will see i, I mean bring your books for you know get them signed i mean he's done so much stuff i can't even go down the list another one will be john layman will be there as well beautiful work by him and billy tucci who we've had the pleasure of talking with Multiple times on the Riley and Kimmy show will be on hand as well. And then the possibility of two other names being added. We will have that information when we can pass it. Probably the first place we could reveal it would be on a social media link. So go right to our website at RileyandKimmy.com and find out more and make sure you are, uh, you know, in tune with that. By the way, the Nerdtropolis event once again happens on Saturday, January 9th in Ormond Beach, Florida. And if you'd like to find out more, we have links right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Nerdtropolis, a very nice comic book store. They can take care of all your comic book needs. Right, Kimmy? Yes. Now, Kimmy, it's time for us to go back in time a little bit with the Nerd Almanac. And really an easy Nerd Almanac for you, because what we're going to do is focus on a person. Because on this date in history, on December 23rd, 
1942, Bob Hope agreed to entertain U.S. airmen in Alaska. Can you imagine being in Alaska in December? Mm. Well, he, he, he bundled up. It was the first of the traditional Christmas shows by Bob Hope for the USO and just uh, for the Bob Hope show. Now, my question for you, Kimmy, is what year did Bob Hope pass away? Mm. Um, 99? He passed away in 2003. How old was Bob Hope when he passed on? 95? He was 100 years old. His career spanned nearly 80 years. Mm. He was, uh, most people don't realize he was an author, he was a comedian, he was an actor, he was an athlete. He was a golfer and a boxer. As a matter of fact, at one time, owned a small portion of the Cleveland Indians. Hmm. A very talented individual, and I think our generation does not appreciate him and younger, because for me, when growing up, he was quite, I felt old. Right. But generations before us were in love with him. I discovered him years later. Uh, after adulthood, getting into the old-time radio shows even deeper and because of the movies and, you know, the work that he did with Bing and others, I just, you know, fell in love with Bob Hope. Now, what I thought we would do is a couple things. We had a request for an old-time radio show, which I'm going to have to adjust it because the the request, I, I will do who uh, they wanted, but I cannot do the episode that they wanted due to technical difficulties beyond our control. That's all I could say, but I've substituted with something I hope... That will be just as pleasing for Mike Kales, who requested something uh, from the Riley and Kimmy show. Now, the first thing we're going to do is well, we're going to focus on that Christmas uh, shows that Bob Hope did. We have a Bob Hope show, a Christmas show, going back to 1948. And it's actually pre-Christmas, not really a Christmas show, but it's, it's him with two wonderful guests. One of them being Doris Day, but the other, Jack Benny. And there's uh, nothing like having Jack Benny with Bob Hope. We have that. That's from November 9th, 1948. And that'll be followed by a Jack Benny episode because our good friend Mike Kales said, please play a Christmas Jack Benny show. And we are doing that. It will be trimming the Christmas tree from December 24th, 1944. We have both of these sort of like an early Christmas gift for everyone and plus a chance to remember the golden age of radio and keep it alive please introduce people to old time radio this is safe for all ages little ears can hear this and it's great escapism and we will have a gift to give everyone starting on christmas eve for the holiday for christmas and a few days after i'm i'm preparing something and we will have that available we'll give you some pop culture escapism Guaranteed safe for the entire family that's coming up. Right now, going back in time to 1948 with the first of two old-time radio shows, here's Bob Hope with guest Jack Benny and Doris Day on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Well, I swan. Me too. So do I. How about you? Yes, it's the new Swan Show with our great singing star, Doris Day. Well, I swan. A new singing favorite, Bill Farrow. That's me. Our guest, Jack Benny, Irene Ryan, the four hits and a miss, the new Les Brown Band. We swan exclusively, how about you? Yes, how about you? Who, me? My name is Robert Hopalong Hope.
And now, Bob Hope's Swan's Eye View of the News. Princeton, New Jersey. Hurried conferences and frantic alibis were the order of the day here as the nation's poll takers sought to explain their disastrous error in predicting the results of last week's election. Dr. Gallup was amazed at the outcome, but he wouldn't admit he was wrong. Last night he was still peeking into the White House window and singing, Maybe You'll Be There. He was really unhappy. When he saw the election returns, he exclaimed, It's the last time I take a house-to-house survey. From now on, I'm going to ask people. <laughs> I called up Elmer Roper and said, How can your predictions be so wrong? He said, You see, we mathematicians make a prodigious effort to ascertain by statistical and prognostication and political prestidigitation the approximate parallelisms. I said, What does that mean? He said, Where can I get a job? <laughs> And last Tuesday night, Drew Pearson said over the radio, I predict Dewey will be elected by 10.30. At 11 o'clock, he said, I predict Dewey. At 12, he said, I predict. The next morning, he said, ay ya 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 New York, New York. Phone company executives announced here today that telephones for automobiles were at long last ready and available for Mr. Average Motorist. I had a phone put in my car last week, but the wires must be crossed. Every time I step on the start of the spark plugs give a busy signal and the receiver squirts a quart of hot oil in my ear. <laughs> but they're a big help to the motorist. If a guy's speeding, he can look in the rear vision mirror, see a cop trailing him, call his lawyer, and the three of them can meet at the next intersection. <laughs> But think what it'll be like later on when cars have telephones and television, too. A guy's driving along, his wife calls up and says, Honey, bring home a head of lettuce, some carrots, a cucumber, and get that tomato out of your car. Washington, D.C. The greatest ovation in the history of the nation's capital greeted President Truman as a crowd of 750,000 cheered his triumphant return to the White House. Yes, sir, it was at a reception. From every window, they were throwing confetti and old cabinet members. <laughs> and the world and the world will long remember President Truman's historic words when he returned to the White House. He said, It's okay, Bess, you can send the laundry out now. <laughs> when Harry got back to the White House, he started hanging up his coat. Governor Warren stuck his head out of the closet and said, I'll be out of your way as soon as I pack up my oranges. <laughs> The Democrats did so well in that election, they're even coming out with new products named after the president. They got a new thing now called the Harry Truman Popsicle. It's a frozen Republican on a stick. <laughs> and with the election coming out the way it did, a lot of people had to change their plans. Now Margaret Truman has to go back to the White House, and she had it all set to be the fourth Andrews sister. <laughs> the three candidates have really changed their tune since the election. Truman's changed from Missouri Waltz to its magic. <laughs> Dewey's humming Say It Isn't So, and Wallace is singing on a slow boat to China. only eight more days of the Swan 1949 Mercury Contest. Only eight more days to win a brand new 1949 Mercury automobile. Right now, here are more winners in the Daily Mercury Contest. October 19th, 
Mrs. Don Andrews of Portsmouth, Virginia. A new 1949 Mercury. October 20th, Mrs. B.V. Painter of San Diego, California. A new 1949 Mercury. October 21st, Mrs. Arlene Brewster of Topeka, Kansas. A new 1949 Mercury. October 22nd, duplicate winners, Mr. Fred S. Balsinger of Denver, Colorado, and Mrs. E.P. Williamson of Honolulu. Each win a new 1949 Mercury. October 25th, Mrs. Alvin M. David, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A new 1949 Mercury. Congratulations, winners, and Remember, folks, there are only eight more days to enter. Lever Brothers is giving away a Mercury a day every day until November 19th. That's right, a Mercury a day plus $1,000 in cash awards daily. There's a new contest every day except Saturday and Sunday, and you can enter as often as you please. All residents of the continental United States, including Alaska and Hawaii, are eligible. Just be sure to follow the complete rules printed on free entry blanks at your store. And be sure to include your storekeeper's name. Here's all you do. Finish the following statement. I like swan soap because in 25 words or less. Then send a swan soap wrapper together with your name and address to Lever's Mercury A Day Contest, Post Office Box 3, New York 8, New York. Well, I swan. A Mercury A Day. That's right. Gee whiz. Bye, Cracky. <laughs> Here's the gal who was selected as the Orchid Queen of the National Flower Festival, our singing orchid, Miss Doris Day. Every day I love you just a little bit more, just a little bit more, a little bit more. Every day I want you just a little bit more. The day before You'll never guess how deep my love is Not even in your wildest dreams But just so you get it clear Compared to my love, my dear The Mississippi River's just a stream A little bit more, a little bit more. Every day I want you just a little bit more than I did the day before. Then I did, then I did the day. Ladies and gentlemen, you probably read in the papers last week that while making a picture at Paramount, Bob Hope tripped and tore a muscle in his right leg. Now let's look behind the scenes and see how an accident like this affects the motion picture industry. We take you to the production offices at Paramount, where the heads of the studio, Henry Geeksburg and Y. Free Frankman, are talking. Say, Y.F. Yes, H.G. I've been thinking. We've got a lot of money tied up in that character, Bob Hope. And if his leg doesn't get any better, he may never be in another Paramount picture. How could a thing like that happen to us? Oh, I don't know. Just lucky, I guess. <laughs> but why F? 
What'll we do about Hope? His leg may be broken. Yeah. Too bad he ain't trigger. We could shoot him. <laughs> you know how this accident happened, don't you, I have? Hope was doing that boat scene, and as he tried to get on board, he slipped and fell because somebody had put grease all over the gangplank. You know, it looks like someone is out to get him. Yeah. Now, remember, Ace G, if there's an investigation, we're in this thing together. <laughs> well, it seemed like the easy way. And while we're on the subject, YF, we got to get rid of a lot of the actors over here. They're getting too old. Yeah, how about that Crosby? Remember when we thought we had mice in the studio? We spent $5,000 to get rid of the mice and then found out it was Crosby's joints that were doing the squeaking. <laughs> You know, I.F., I think Bing is about the same age as Hope. Yeah, I know it. If we put them in another road picture, the road's got to be downhill. <laughs> By the way, where's Hope now? He's over in his dressing room, resting. Oh. Oh, Doris, this pain is awful. Oh, is it really that bad, Bob? Let me look at your leg. Oh, my gosh, it's all twisted out of shape, isn't it? That's the wrong leg. <laughs> oh, gee, Bob, I hate to see you in such misery. Does it hurt much? Well, I don't care about that. I just wish it had been my other knee. Why? Well, the knee I hurt is the one with the dimple in it. <laughs> now, I'll never be able to wear my pedal pushers with a split up the side. understand how a thing like this could happen to you. You're so strong and husky. Am I? Yeah. And, and so loaded with vitality. Honest? Sure. Why, well, I always think of you as being a real He-Man. You do? Yes. I have so much more than Gregory. Why should I fight it? <laughs> Say, it was sure nice of you to drop in, though, Doris. I want to... Mr. Hope. Oh, hello, Miss Ryan. Hello, Miss Ryan. How do you feel today? Well, you know me. I always try to keep my chin up, even though my arches are falling. <laughs> I heard about what happened to Mr. Hope, and I thought I'd come over and cheer him up. Oh, thanks. You see, I hurt my leg, and I can't move it. It's nothing to worry about. Oh, I don't know about that. My Uncle Julius had the same thing once in his shoulders, and he couldn't move his arms. The doctor made him leave them in one position. Oh, that must have been terrible. Well, it worked out all right. When he died two days later, his arms were already folded on his chest. That's nice. Portia faces life. This gal backs into it. Bob, Bob, you should listen to Miss Ryan. She can help you. She's been through a lot of these things, you know. Oh, yes. I've never really been all well all my life. <laughs> that is all of it, you know. <laughs> and recently, Mr. Hope, it's been much worse. Yesterday, I thought I was losing my mind. All day long, I kept hearing voices in my head. You were hearing voices in your head? Yes, but I found out what it was. The battery in my hearing aid was low, and I was still getting the election return. <laughs> Oh, 
Well, don't worry. Hoover made it, you know. <laughs> but it was nice of you to drop in, Miss Ryan. <laughs> well, I do hope you get better. Oh, that reminds me, before I go, I wanted to show you a picture of my Uncle Julius. The one who died. Well, what do I want to see a picture of him for? Well, you might get worse. And if you don't pull through, it'll be nice if you know somebody when you get there. <laughs> Keep your chin up now. Bye. <laughs> If she ever gets married, she'll spend her honeymoon in the window of the Rexall drugstore. Well, I have to be running along, too, Bob. I promised Ty Averback I'd meet him. He's making a screen test over here. Averback is making a screen test? You mean they've run out of talent? Well, I think High will do very well in pictures because he just has... Oh, hello, everybody. Hello, Doris. Oh, hello, High. Are you all ready for your screen test? Yes, Doris. I just came from the makeup department. They didn't get your ears on straight. <laughs> At least my lobes are on the bottom. <laughs> well, now, Doris, uh, how about running through the screen test with me like you promised? Okay, I uh, have me the script. Yeah, now, the scene we're doing takes place in a New York penthouse. We're social leaders and we're married, but we're splitting up. Now, you have the first line, and I want you to pay close attention to my diction. Montgomery, I'm afraid that you and I are through. It's regrettable, but we can't go on. Yes, Alice. I'm so sorry that we must split... But I'm afraid we must go our separate ways. Don't you think you're carrying too many pounds of pressure there? Well, Lobes Montgomery. on upside down. Okay, it's all right. Well, Montgomery, if we're parting... Well, Montgomery, if we're parting, I insist that you give me the house. You may have the house. And I want the Cadillac and the two Mercury. They're yours, but there's one thing you may not have. If you're speaking of the children, I want them. You may have the children, my riches, and my home, but I insist that you leave one thing. What? That cake of swan soap in the kitchen. <laughs> Jimmy Fiddler will give this picture four bubbles. <laughs> yes, Alice. Alice, take everything, but please, please don't take that swan. Swan is the newer, better white floating soap. Swan never crumples like our dream castles did. No, sir, you can use Swan right down to the last smooth sliver. And why? Because Swan is made by a modern, patented process that no other soap can use. A process that makes Swan better for dishes and hands. Swan is as mild as the finest Castile. It protects your hands, keeps them soft and smooth. He's right. My hands are so soft, when I want to point at anybody, I have to starch one finger. <laughs> Oh, Alice. Alice, I can't leave you. Just think. A cake of swan brought us together again. I still love you. And I love you. I love you, Alice. Oh, I love you, Monty. I'm engaged to the Lever Brothers. <laughs> yes, for your hands, your bath, and for baby's bath. Swan is the best soap afloat. Well, I swan. Me too. Yes, sir. Bye, Cracky. <laughs> Our junior crooner we borrowed from the Oasis this week. The 19-year-old Bill Farrell, ladies and gentlemen. There is no verse to this song Cause I don't want to wait a moment too long To say that I'd love to get you On a slow boat to China All to myself alone 
Get you and keep you in my arms evermore. Leave all your lovers weeping on the faraway shore. Out on the briny with the moon big and shiny. Melting your heart of stone. Yes, I want to get you on a slow boat to China. All to myself alone. Yes, I want to get you on a slow boat to China. All to myself alone. On a real slow boat. On a real slow boat. On a slow, slow boat to China. Cleveland, Billy Farrell. Thank you very much. Singing Slow Boat to China. Now, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, tonight we're going to present a very different kind of a, a thing here. We have a thing here. Musicians, please, no tuning while the star is on, please. Now, as I was saying, we... please, please, hey, you, hey, Evelyn, stop with that magic violin. I resent that. Well, Jack Benny, ladies and gentlemen. Jack, what are you doing here? Some surprise. <laughs> we rehearsed nine weeks already. <laughs> Bob, look at I heard about your leg, and I thought I'd pay you a visit. Well, that's swell of you, Jack, but how come you're sitting in with Les Brown's orchestra? Well, just once I wanted to play in a band and not worry about the leader's breath taking the varnish off my violin. <laughs> You don't have to worry about Les. Les hasn't been high since Petrillo picked him up to burp him. But look, it was awfully nice of you to drop in to see me, Jack. Well, I was sorry to hear about your accident, Bob. Yeah, it's a little uncomfortable, but the worst of it is whenever I hobble down the street, people keep throwing money in my hat. (laughs) They do? Gosh, how embarrassing. That's terrible. That must be awful. Bob... How much do you average a block? (laughs) Oh, it varies. But take my advice, Jack. Stay away from Beverly Hills. Nothing but Dewey buttons. (laughs) But I can't get over how nice it is of you to drop in on me, Jack. Well, Bob, that's the way it is with us troopers. You know, we show people have to stick together in these times of trouble. Why, as soon as I heard of your accident, I rushed right over here to be the first one at your side. Jack, you came over just to help me... Well, yes, yes. Of course, if you buy the insurance policy I have in mind, it helps me a little, too. You know? <laughs> Jack, why are you selling insurance? Well, you see, it's a little early to start unloading my line of Christmas cards. <laughs> well, Jack, I don't get this. You're a wealthy man. You're worth millions of dollars. Whoops. 
<laughs> Selling insurance, huh? Well, have you got a sample policy you can show me there in your portfolio? <laughs> Jack, did you hear that? No, no, I didn't hear anything. You sure you didn't hear that echo? No, kid, this is your show. <laughs> Well, look, Jack, let's face it. This is ridiculous. You don't have to sell insurance. You're a star. They write about you in the Saturday Evening Post. You're one of the outstanding comedians in show business. One of them. <laughs> you don't mind me throwing that no, in there, do you? No, no, no. no, this is still your show. <laughs> no, but you're really great, Jack. People stay at home on Sundays just to listen to your radio show. I have so much more than Fred Allen. Why should I fight? <laughs> Say, wait a minute, that's my gag. I'll trade you for the yodel. <laughs> What'll my sponsor say? Well, I swan. Me too. Yes, sir. Bye, Cracky. That's right. Wait a minute. Gee whiz. My goodness. Of course. And how? Wait a minute. I'll say. Hurry up. You bet. Who how? Wait a minute. Yes, sir. Bye, Cracky. Wait a minute. <laughs> Easy, Jack. Either we pedal the stuff this way or I have to put on a pair of water wings and sell it bathtub to bathtub. My next line is a humdinger. <laughs> bathtub to bathtub, huh? I have trouble with my sponsor, too. That's a dandy line. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> I rehearsed four weeks for that line. <laughs> well, we were going to give you something you could get your teeth into, but we... Weren't sure you'd have them with you tonight. <laughs> you wouldn't dare say that if you were still with Pepsodent, brother. <laughs> Let's get back to this right. stuff, huh? <laughs> We'll never get through with this tonight. Look at it. You know, Bob, you know who has Stand the by, sweetest... Fibber. You know who has the sweetest... Page 15. You know who has the sweetest... I'm not... You know who has the sweet... Let her get off. Wait you a minute. You know who has... I want to play the violin yet. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are we still on? You know okay. who has the sweetest racket radio, don't you? The disc jockeys. Disc jockeys. You mean one of those guys who says, this next record is sponsored by the Happy Hunting Ground Funeral Home, and now the orchestra plays, he's a real gone guy? <laughs> we haven't got time to wait See, for See, why that. don't we try... <laughs> please, your laughs, not mine, please. <laughs> Say, why don't we try our hand at being disc jockeys, Jack? All we have to do is make the rounds of the music shops and pick up a couple of hundred records. Well, I don't know. For free. Shoot the wax to me, Max. <laughs> We'd be great as a team of disc jockeys. As they say in radio, I can just hear it now. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to station SLOV, the biggest on the coast. <laughs> and now, and now we present Jazzy Jack Benny and Bebop Bob in their original radio record show, Make Believe Washroom. Hiya, gang. Hiya, Jazz. This is your old disc jockey, Bebop Bob, with another knocked-out record section. 
It's all on wax and it's real mad. So you kids who want to get your kicks, lace up your boots and latch on to some of this frantic jive that we're going to stand swinging your way. Right now, cats, I'd like to turn the mic over to a real hep character, the man who knows all the answers in the world of jazz, that solid jet, my platter partner, Jazzy Jack Benny. Ahem. Hotcha, Bodio Doe. <laughs> Solid, Jack. <laughs> and now, before we spin our next platter for you kids, we'd like to tell you the next spin to half our show is sponsored by Dr. Capstaff's weight-reducing plan. We'd like a word with those of you ladies who weigh over 400 pounds. <laughs> Do you have the feeling that you're being followed? <laughs> you are. It's you. <laughs> and you met over 400 pounds. Do you have large stomachs? When you get your shoes shined, you have to take the boot black's word for it. <laughs> Why not try Dr. Capstaff's weight-reducing pill? Yes, to take off those extra pounds, try Dr. Capstaff's method. No diet, no pills, no injections, no exercise. Once a week, Dr. Capstaff comes to your house and beats you with a rubber hose. <laughs> and now we're going to play our first record. It's a little tune called I'm Dancing with Tears in My Eyes because the girl in my arms had onions for dinner. <laughs> going to be played by Woody Gribbonis, and as you should live so long, if you can find the Melody Orchestra. Hit it, Woody. <laughs> Ah, uh, thanks, Woody. That was great. <laughs> Look, Bob, a bunch of new releases just arrived. Gee, there's some interesting titles. Look at this one. You used to be the cream in my coffee, but now you're just grounds for divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Get a load of this one. If you were the only girl in the world and I was the only boy, I wonder who I'd play handball with at the Y. <laughs> Here's my favorite. Hair of gold, eyes of blue, lips like cherry wine. I never should have stomped on them with my bare feet. Say, suppose we play that one right now. Okay, but first, a word from our sponsor. Yes, this next record is coming to you through the courtesy of Slushies, the only breakfast cereal that's shot out of a water pistol. Folks, you'll just love Slushies. They don't snap, crackle, and pop like other breakfast cereals. They just lie there anew. <laughs> Mothers, you'll cheer when you see the way your kids dive into a bowl of Slushies. They never come up again. <laughs> Listen to what one happy user of Slushies has to say. I've been eating Slushies for nigh on to 30 years. And I want to tell you something, I'm getting mighty tired. <laughs> Effie Spoon of Battle Creek, Michigan. <laughs> Say, Jack, what's next on the turntable? Oh, the folks will just love this one. Yes, sir. It's a new release that features a duet by that brilliant young Waukegan violinist, Benny Kabelski. And that new Cleveland singing discovery, The Velvet Smog. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we give it a word? East is east, and west is west, and the wrong one I have chose. Let's go where you keep on wearing those frills and flowers and buttons and bows, rings and things and buttons and bows. Don't bury me in this prairie, take me where the seamen grows. Let's move down to some big town where they love a gal by the cut of her clothes, and you'll stand out in buttons and bows. Uh, no practicing on our time, please. I love you in buckskin skirts that you home stun. But I love you longer, stronger, where your friends don't go to gun. Now's the buckboard bounce and the cactus hurts my tears. Now let's bamboos where gals keep using those silks and satins and linen that shows. And you're all mine in buttons and bows. Thank you, Jack. Thank you very much. You've been fine. That's fine, Jack. Thank you. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, Jack, wait a minute, Jack. 
We have next week. It's all over, kid. Pack up. Okay. We have another. Next week, we have Morton Downey, ladies and gentlemen. That Coco. Say, okay, Jack. Wait a minute. It's all over, Jack. Jack, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The memory of the vote in 48, a chance to demonstrate whom we endorse to chart the course of our U.S. ship estate. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. We'd like to pay a tribute to that fighting man from Missouri who stepped into the ring last Tuesday with the odds against him and came out the winner and still champion of the USA, President Harry S. Truman. Mirror, mirror on the wall is my hair fairest of them all. It is when you use Rave Cream Shampoo. Rave leaves your hair so clean, so soft, so easy to manage. Easy to manage because the pure lanolin in Rave is specially blended with other important ingredients to make hair behave, even on shampoo day. Try Rave Cream Shampoo. R-A-Y-V-E. Rave Cream Shampoo. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. The Jack Benny Program, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Larry Stevens, and yours truly, Don Wilson. the night before Christmas and at Jack Benny's house, there are presents for all, even cheese for the mouse. Jack is up on a chair, then he's down on his knee, but you have to do that when you're trimming a tree. Well, we're all through, Mary. Gee, it was nice of you to come over and help me trim the tree. Well, if I didn't, you'd never get it done. Say, Jack, shall I put the snow around the bottom now? Not yet. I want to see if the lights are working. I'll hold up the bulb, and when I say ready, you plug it in. Okay. Ready? Ready. Pull it out! Pull it out! Pull it out! <laughs> My goodness. Oh, Jack, why did you make me shut it off? Those lights were so pretty, especially those two blue ones that kept flashing on and off. Those were my eyes. <laughs> I must have been holding on to a bare wire. Well, it's your own fault. Every time you fool around with electricity, something goes wrong. It does not. I know plenty about electricity. Oh, sure. Remember what happened two years ago when you fixed your doorbell? What happened? I pushed the button and it burned down Crosby's house. <laughs> Stop exaggerating. Anyway, hand me that roll of tape. Give me that tape. I'll fix this bare wire right now. Here you are. Thanks. Comes to electricity. I know what I'm doing. See, when you see a bare wire, you just tape it up like... like this. And that way, it's insulated against outside elements. There, that ought to be enough tape. All right, Mary, plug it in. Okay. Pull it out! Pull it out! For heaven's sake. <laughs> what happened, 
Jack? I tape my finger to the wire. <laughs> that's what happened. Oh, gee. And that time it is even prettier than before. What do you mean? Your nose lit up, too. <laughs> it did not. Let's get this tree finished before the gang gets here. But, Jack, what about the light? We'll have to let that go until later. Now, hand me one of those... Oh, lights. Mr. Benny! What is it, Rochester? I baked that cake like you told me to. Good. Did you have enough whipped cream to spell out Merry Christmas on top? Yeah. Say, boss, how many R's in Merry? Two. Oh. So you better add one. Add one? I better cross one out. I got three. <laughs> well, leave it. It's better than ruining the cake. Okay. Oh, Rochester, will you please take these Christmas tree lights and fix them? Fix them? Yes. I ain't fooling around with electricity. Now, what are you afraid of? I ain't gonna get hit by nothing I can't hit back. <laughs> oh, Rogers. Imagine being afraid of electricity. Suppose Robert Fulton was afraid of electricity. He never would have invented the electric light. <laughs> Woody. Jack, you're thinking of Thomas Edison. Edison? Well, then, what did Robert Fulton do? He said, don't give up the ship. <laughs> John Paul Jones. Now, let's not start that again. Now, Rochester, please fix these lights, will you? Okay, okay. Let's see. Now, in electricity, there's the electrons and the electrodes. <laughs> then there's the positive and the negative. But I am positive which one is negative. <laughs> hmm. Then there's the atom. Now, the atoms are supposed to go from the positive to the negative... Or maybe they go from the electrons to the electrodes. <laughs> then again, maybe they go from Natchez to Mobile. Rochester. Now, as long as these atoms keep passing each other, everything is all right. Yeah. But when they meet halfway and start fighting, they're going to turn on anybody who tries to butt in. Rochester, I'm not interested in the scientific details. I just want you to fix those lights. And I promise you, while you're holding the wires, no one in this room will turn on the switch. I know, boss. While I'm holding the wire, you ain't going to turn on the switch. And Miss Livingston ain't going to turn on the switch. Of course not. But way up there at Boulder Dam, there's a little man sitting in a room with thousands of wires around <laughs> What? How do I know he ain't going to do something just to break the monotony? <laughs> oh, all right. I'll fix it myself. Go back in the kitchen. Come in. I'm looking for Mr. Benny. Mr. Jack Benny. Me? Yes. But you're a policeman. Well, now, what do you know? This blue uniform has given me away again. But, uh... But, but, officer... Mary, say something. But, but, officer... Is that all you can say? That's all you said. <laughs> now, now, officer... Mr. Benny, I hate to be doing this to you on Christmas Eve, but I have a complaint about you disturbing the peace last week at Moore's department store. At Moore's department... Oh, that... Well, officer, that wasn't my fault at all. You see, first I had trouble with some crazy floor walker who kept hollering, Stop breathing on my carnation. And then... A little sore, please. I'm writing it down. Yes, sir. How many R's in carnation? One. And then some silly guy kept following me around, asking me what I thought I ought to buy his wife for Christmas. Now, I didn't mind it the first time or the second time, but he kept hounding me. And just before the real trouble started, I was standing by the perfume counter... 
When all of us, I was trying to buy some perfume for my sister, Florence. Here's your change, sir. Thank you. Come on, Mary. Let's get over. I beg your pardon, Mister. Oh, it's you again. What do you think I ought to buy my wife for Christmas? I told you before. I don't know what you should buy your wife for Christmas. Figure it out yourself. Figure it out yourself. He says. Figure it out yourself. Fine Christmas spirit. Look, I don't care what you buy your wife for Christmas. Don't buy her anything. Don't buy her anything? We've been married for 12 years. What are you trying to do? Break us up? Look, I don't know your wife. I've never seen your wife. What's going on here? What's the trouble? That man's been caught stealing somebody's wife. What? At your age, you gray-haired wolf. <laughs> now, wait a minute. One time, let me through. What's going on here? What's going... Oh, it's you, my little choopy with the droopy soupy. Now cut that out and don't blame me for this because it's... Stop breathing on my carnation. <laughs> I'll breathe on it as much as I like. Stand up, everybody. The man is mad. You're darn right on that. And this is all your fault, mister. Ask me to buy your wife for Christmas. For all I care, you can buy her a dog collar. What size? What size? There you are, folks. See what a crazy guy is and you blame me. Why, it's not my fault. I'm not the type that would start trouble. I'm a peaceful home... <laughs> Oh, come on, Mary. Let's get out of here. And that's... That's exactly what happened, officer. Believe me. By golly, it's amazing. It sounds like something you'd hear on the radio. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm convinced it wasn't your fault, and I'm going to forget all about this complaint and be wishing you folks a Merry Christmas. The same to you, officer. And a Happy New Year. Thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) Say, Mary, he was a nice fellow at that. Yes, he was. Now, come on, Mary, let's put the presents around the tree before the gang gets here. under the tree. It looks nice, doesn't it? It sure does. Jack, if you're not going to use the Christmas tree lights, let's put on the candy canes. Okay, here's the box, and you can... Hey, wait a minute. I had 12 candy canes, and now there are only 11. Where's the other one? Don't look at me. I'm not looking at you. I'm asking you. All right, I ate it. Here's 10 cents. (laughs) 
Marty. I bet you'd be surprised if I took it. I wouldn't be surprised if you sued me. Mary, let's get this finished, will you? Jack, you better pick up those lights off off the floor before somebody steps on them. Oh, yes. Now, where can I put them? I'm going to put these lights up here on the chair. This chair right here. And, Mary, here's Rochester's present. I forgot that. Slip it under the tree. Boy, will he be surprised. But, Jack, how will he be surprised? You've got toilet water written all over the package. Well, you've got to do that with Rochester. When he opens a package and finds a bottle, he never stops to read the label. <laughs> last, last year, I gave him a miniature ship and a bottle, and the mask stuck out of his mouth for three days. <laughs> Every time I asked him something, he had to answer me through the crow's nest. <laughs> Believe me, Mary, I, I know what I'm doing. Well, Jack, I guess that does it. Tree's all finished. Yeah. Gee, it looks swell. I'm kind of tired. I think I'll sit down for a minute and smoke a cigarette. Mary, have you got a match? No. Oh, well. Oh, say, boss! What is it, Rochester? Are your socks dry yet? My socks? I think so. Well, people will be here soon. You better take them off the tree. <laughs> oh, that's right. You take them off, will you, Rochester? I'm tired. I want to sit here a while. Yes, sir. Say, hey, this tree looks all nice, but it's kind of dark. Oh, no wonder the lights aren't plugged in. Uh, I'll fix that. Pull it out! Pull it out! Pull it out! <laughs> For heaven's sake. Well, what's the matter, Jack? I was sitting on the wire. As long as you're here, Rochester, give me a match. You don't need it now. Your cigarette is lit. <laughs> oh, yes. Thanks, Rochester. Don't thank me. Thank that little man up at Boulder Dam. <laughs> Rochester. I wonder how that guy at Boulder Dam knew I was... Oh, well. Come in. Hello, Phil. Hiya, Jackson. Merry Christmas, everybody. Same to you, Phil. Hey, Jackson, that Christmas tree looks terrific. Yeah, it is a nice tree, isn't it? Not only that, it's grown about two feet since last year. <laughs> Phil, this isn't the same one. You know, Phil, I believe in the old-fashioned way of getting a tree. I know when you get up early in the morning and bundle yourself up warm, and you throw an axe over your shoulder and go out in the woods, you know, way out in the wilderness and... Chop down your own Christmas tree. Yeah, you're right, Jackson. Where'd you find this one? In the lobby of the Beverly Wilshire Hotel. <laughs> you said it. Timber! Yes, sir. Say, Jackson, you ought to see the tree I got in my house. I got it all decorated, and then right on top, I got a big red star. A red star? Phil's supposed to be a silver star. I know, but this way I get five red points. <laughs> oh, Harris, you humorous. You're the Mark Train of your generation. <laughs> Mark Twain, Phil, it's Twain. Twain. Wheelie? <laughs> Phil, after a gag like that, your lucky Santa doesn't scratch you with his claws. <laughs> say, say, that was pretty good, too. Don't bother sending us Cracker Jack, Mother. We're now getting corn by the ton. <laughs> Oh, I don't know, Mary. I thought that was pretty cute. Hey, Phil, what do you got in that package there? Oh, I forgot, Jackson. It's a Christmas present for you. For me? Yeah, me and the boys in the band all chipped in and got it for you. Well, thanks, thanks. I'll put it under the tree. Oh, no, you don't. No, you don't. Open it up right now. Okay. See, it was certainly nice of you and the boys to think of me. 
No, I really didn't. Oh, Phil, thanks. Gee, a beautiful turtleneck sweater. Gee. Well, look inside of it, Jackson. Inside? Oh! Oh, Phil! What is it, Jack? A turtle. <laughs> Fine present. I'll fix him. Imagine bring me a turtle for anything, Gary. Come here, Phil. Phil, sit down on my chair. Well, thanks, Jackson. Are you, uh, are you comfortable, Phil? Sure. Good, good. Mary, Mary, push him the plug. Oh, Jack, you wouldn't dare. Hand me the plug. I'll give it to myself. Hey, Jackson, what about my present? Yes, sit where you are. You'll get it. You'll get it. It's a surprise. Mary, watch him jump. One, two, three. There. Hmm. <laughs> Phil? Phil, don't you feel anything? No, Why? Hmm. Well, what about the surprise? What's the matter? Uh, we're having a little trouble at Boulder Dam. <laughs> Mary, I, I can't understand what went wrong. Phil, stand up a minute. Okay. Let's see. There must be something wrong with this thing. Uh... Pull it out! Pull it out! Pull it out! thing to do to a guy on Christmas Eve. Well, it's your old fault for trying to play a trick on Phil. Oh, so that's it, eh, Jackson? Trying to give me a hot seat. Oh, it was nothing, Phil. I was just trying to have a little fun. Pull it out! Pull it out! Jack, that's a doorbell. Oh, oh, oh. Come in. Hiya, Don. Hello, Larry. Hello, Don. Larry. Hey, Larry. Hey, I'm glad, I, I'm glad you fellas were able to come over. Oh, say, Mr. Benny. Yes, Larry. Well, last night I went to the movies and I saw a picture called Hollywood Canteen. You did? Yes. And you want to know something? What? You were in it. <laughs> yes, yes, I know, kid. I I happened to see the picture. Eight times. <laughs> what? On the days he can't go, he sends me. <laughs> Rochester. Between you and me, that seat never gets a chance to cool off. Never mind. Well, say, Jack, I saw the picture, too. You did, Don? Well, Don, tell me, how did my violin solo go over? Well, Jack, this will amaze you. Really? When uh, you started to play, the man next to me got all excited and enthused. Oh, I get it, Don, I get it. You don't have to... Okay, Mr. Benny, I got the cake and coffee on the table. Good, come on, fellas, let's have a little bite. Oh, come on, There's enough for all. Yes, folks, you don't have to crowd. Just line up to the right and have your ticket stuff ready. <laughs> Rochester, this is Christmas. Oh, yes, excuse me. Now, fellas. Hey, who can that be? Come in. Well, I'll be darned. Hey, little fuck. Hello, everybody. Oh, yeah. What a surprise. Andy Devine. Well, who'd you think I was? Frank Sinatra? <laughs> no, no, Andy. Your voice and figure are both a little huskier, I think. Hey, Andy, there's Don Wilson. Oh, yeah. Hello, Skinny. <laughs> Hello, Fatso. That's <laughs> uh, the first time I ever heard a pot call a pot a pot. <laughs> 
say, Annie. Annie, how's your mother? Oh, she's swell, Buck. Hey, you know, it, it's nice the way you think of her every year. Oh, I always call my friends around the holidays. Well, you don't have to worry about Ma. Buck, she wouldn't think of buying her Christmas cards from anyone else but you. <laughs> That's why I always throw in a couple of extra ones. Here you are, folks. Here's a... Oh, hello, Mr. Devine. Well, hello, Rochester. I'm glad you dropped in on the boss. Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without you. Well, thanks, Roch. You know, the holidays wouldn't be the same if I didn't see all of you folks. Those are the two voices that drove Gravel Gertie into hiding. Say, come on, Andy, you're just in time to have a bite to eat. And listen, I've been saving a bottle of champagne just for this occasion. Let's drink a toast. Champagne? Oh, come on, fellas, everybody. Oh, Rochester, give me that bottle of champagne. Here you are, boss. Shall I open it? No, I'll open it myself. Thank you. Now, let's see. <clears throat> champagne corks are so tight. <clears throat> see, they're hard to get loose. Um... <clears throat> Okay, hold your head still, Jackson. I'll pull a cork out. Now, there. Jack. Jack, say something. Rochester, Rochester, fill the glasses. Yes, sir. Hey, fellas, how about a toast? Hey, huh? I got one. You go ahead, Andy, a toast, go ahead. Here's to you, Buck, Mary, Phil, and the whole gang. We've been friends for a long time, and I hope it always stays that way. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, Andy! Merry Christmas! Jack, can I give a toast, too? Sure, sure. Go right ahead, Mary. A Merry Christmas to everyone, everywhere. Yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, everybody! Merry, 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 Christmas. Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas! Merry, Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Yeah. Hey, Jack! Jack, how about a toast from you? Me? Yeah, yeah, I'd like to give a toast, too, Don. Uh, this is a toast to a lot of fellas I met in Africa, Europe, and the South Pacific. And to all you other boys out there, I wasn't lucky enough to meet. Fellas, this is Christmas Eve, a time for happiness and good fellowship, a time when our hearts should be humble and forgiving. But this is war, and I've seen what you boys are up against on both sides of the world. I know the Christmas spirit must seem a very distant thing when you're crouched in a muddy foxhole or wading through the half-frozen slush. I know, too, that there's very little to remind you of Christmas inside a stifling tank or in the icy cockpit of a B-29 six miles above Tokyo. Maybe you feel it as something you lost long, long ago because the only Christmas lights you see are the burst of shells or the flashing path cut by tracer bullets. But, but Christmas is a spirit, a spirit that springs from within and is so strong it transcends even the ugly scenes of a battlefield and fills the soul with a passion to defend the things that are right and just. You are the ones who have gone to the ends of the earth to preserve the freedom you know belongs to every man, to hasten the day when all mankind can once again live in dignity and in peace. 
So here's to you, fellas. Merry Christmas, and God bless you all. Visit RileyandKimmy.com to connect on social media and for archive podcasts. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.